My name is Turbo. T-U-R-B-O. Yeah. And then the other one is different, yes. spelled differently. Yes. A turbo yes. exhaust gases yes. go into the turbocharger and spin it. Yes. Witchcraft happens <laughs> and you go faster. You better slow down, Turbo. Playing the Turbo.fm podcast, episode one with musician and dance floor shaker Meyer and Eugene. All right, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Turbo.fm Not So Famous Podcast. Uh, I'm here today with uh, my longtime friend, uh, Myron Eugene Miller. Uh, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Um, yeah, I just decided to start this thing up, and you're going to be here on the inaugural cast. Yeah, I was. that was my first question for you. Like, just out of the blue, I get a phone call or a text saying, hey, you want to do my podcast? I'm like, what? What is, what is this all about? <laughs> I didn't even... Yeah, so basically what I want to do, dude, is I want, like, there's a lot of podcasts that spe- specify on, on a lot of things. So I'd, I I do want to be an open format podcast, meaning there's really no nothing that, that you can talk about that we right. won't continue to talk about. You want to bring up whatever political social issues that's fine with me i'll 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 battle with you or i'll i'll agree with you or we'll have a conversation with that stuff but if you just want to shoot the shit about the new kanye west album man that's fine too you know and 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 there really is no no holds barred but i the the whole not so famous thing i think it'd just be really famous people eventually right (laughs) (laughs) so but there's never anybody that's 100 percent famous right Right. that's like absolutely so famous that that the podcast can't have them on so i think that everybody's not so famous really yeah famous or infamous and maybe just in our own minds but either way i think yeah i think it's a great idea you know i know so many people from so many different walks of life and i feel i feel like uh, a lot of times they don't really get um uh, a chance to really tell their stories, and that's kind of what I'm after. I'm after like I'm looking for those jack of all trades and masters of none that that have these adventure stories. And I know you've done a lot of adventuring around, not just in the music world. Uh, you know, you're a I would call you a successful DJ, and you know, and and music producer. You're you're making your own music out there. Uh, you're collaborating with a lot of good artists. You're on a great uh, you know great agency, um, and and I just feel like that middle of the road. You know what I mean? Like way above average, like that lower upper class of famous people. Those are the people I want. You know, those are the people that and I kind of put myself in that category where I still am recognized on the street as a photographer or or at parties or clubs. And same thing with you. You know, people. Oh, hey, shit. I know your music. I love it. You know. Yeah, there there is a whole niche, I think, for people. Um, like me who are not so famous, but uh, we still have a passion for our art, for the craft of DJing, um, enjoy getting out once in a while and being with the people and hanging out and getting after it and having a good time. And, uh, you know, we really just appreciate the whole, the whole kit and caboodle, so to speak, of everything that goes in to being a DJ, uh, you know, from hanging out with promoters and the punters and, you know, the other music nerds to the actual aspect of grinding it out and, and, and getting after it and honing your craft. and Yeah, doing the Sunday afternoon gig at the bar, local yeah. bar, you know. Yeah. And, and I, I find a lot of times um, that the, the best fun that I've ever had in my life has been with not-so-famous people, like, <laughs> right. like uh, Paul Van Dyke. When he's not 
anywhere near relevant, right? right? Like right. five years ago or something in the yeah. middle of the EDM and dubstep. It's like that dude was hanging out with us every other party. True. Right. True, and true. like, like hang, like, Oh, he's, he's playing intervention, but it's like the lowest attended intervention ever. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot whatever, about that. That's know? a name I, I haven't heard in a while. But yeah. you know, or like, uh, or blondish or somebody like that. That's just like internationally famous, but like not, so famous right you know? like, yeah so they, they don't have paparazzi chasing them right and, the, the best part yeah. the best part of that where you're you're at like who are the people that are at that super exclusive party that shouldn't be you know what <laughs> i mean and I, I feel like those are like the you know like uh, how you did know, i get here and why am yeah. i here and yeah you know, no, and, absolutely and and i have i have lined up in the next couple of weeks a, a few of the the same type of of level of of creative professionals you know not and and it's not just photographers and not just djs and um and, but writers and and journalists cool. and things like that that i you know they just know from my from my years of 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 just being in this everywhere being right you know photography gets you into so many different ranges you know i can talk for hours about what it's like to, to shoot gelson's markets you know a grocery store well, but i could also talk hours for I think that's how we met. I, I don't know if it was through our mutual friend Jonah. Yes, it was. And I was just going to discuss that. I, you know, and I remember you were you had this shtick. You had this thing at, at Stingery, right? It was just yeah, Omnia, Omnia was... nightclub now, and, and the, you're on the roof of Stingery, and 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 you're playing guitar along with your music while I was DJing. While yeah. you were DJing, that's so interesting that you said that because. It's just come full circle. I haven't done that for years. And uh, recently, I just decided to uh, break out my guitar, uh, for lack of a better term, while I'm DJing. I've, playing guitar is, uh, is an obsession of mine and, and something that I never stopped doing. But I just stopped doing it uh, live with the DJing because logistically, um, it's just, uh, it's a pain in the butt and I don't want to get too technical, but yeah. when you, you don't want to run it through a DJ maker and through uh, mixer and through the house sound, it just doesn't sound. But recently I, I've come up with some, uh, gear and some ideas and, um, like maybe using those, those Bose, uh, single stack things. Well, those are loud enough, right? I'm, they could overpower the system. What I'm going to do is I, I just got a new solid state orange amp, which, uh, I, I'm in, in love with. And I think I'm just going to start uh, mic in my amp. Uh, this past Sunday, we did a little trial run um, at Scotty Boy's uh, Deep House Brunch at Elevate, I believe, in downtown Los Angeles. And that is just a great Sunday party. How is Scotty Boy? It went off. He's doing great. His party's going he would great. Be a per he's a great example yeah. of who I want on the podcast. Yeah, he's, he's actually like really... Uh, you know, been putting in his time uh, with, on the production side and, and has had a lot of success recently. And his party, most importantly, is fun. Like, it's a good time and um, people are there to dance. I mean, people aren't there to look cool or to act cool or to slouch and just kind of do the, oh, I'm going to nod my head and turn my shoulders, you know. That kind of A couple party. of times, yeah. yeah. And people are there to dance, shake their butts, get after it and... Uh, it's great for me because it's a daytime party. I love daytime parties. And that's when I love to play like just straight up house, bouncy house and some classics. And when you're rewarded with people like getting down and shaking their butts and waving their arms and just a dance floor that's going ballistic. It, it harkens back to 
uh, uh, older time when I first got into the scene and, and the way the scene was uh, kind of then, not to be the old dude. Well, and, and, and you I know, that's definitely something. Dude. And I told you, I prefaced that I did want to talk to you because I just got back from the first weekend at Coachella. Oh, boy. Yeah, just working up there. It's just boring stuff. It's event work. And, you know, right. yeah. It's, anyway, <clears throat> what I did experience was just this absolute, absolute obsession with being there, not the music. No, it, right? I mean, again, at the expense of yelling at kids to get off my grass. Well, we are on my grass. So yeah, you get speaking eyes, get of, out of like, here. we're here underneath your underneath orange, orange tree. tree what, yeah. like, so that's another thing about the podcast that I do want to introduce the listeners to. Oranges? Well, citrus? Or, yeah, citrus is Fruit. good for you. Kids. Yeah, it keeps off the scurvy. It keeps <laughs> off the scurvy, literally. So, no, but, but I, for all you pirates out there. But I'm going to try to bring I'm gonna try to bring interesting locations, too. Yeah, no, this um, is this you know, is and, and come to you And being able, to come, being able to come to the not-so-famous people, because we are busy, and we don't have time to do all this stuff. It's easier for me to just say, hey, what, can I just come to your place and, and do it? And, and Well, and, I can't really claim to be super busy. I, I work from home, but I just love the fact that I don't have to leave my house <laughs> hi agoraphobia good yeah. to see you again this week i missed you well and you're definitely you're everybody's i hope that if i come to a location that they kind of like or 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 are into and if they don't i mean we can come to my studio it's not a big deal but yeah. you know and i feel like it's just uh and even i would try to not you know i got a rooftop patio in my condo why not do it there you know yeah. so those are like those are things that i'm gonna like explore here and and if it's a boring location interesting person it's not gonna take away from the podcast but <laughs> no. i mean you know the the birds tweeting and that's going to obviously come up on the audio. Yeah, well, and I've got some crows that I trained, but I told them to stay away for a couple hours. <laughs> I heard some bug, like, and I knew as soon as we started talking, they'd shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, those, yeah. Things, those guys well, are... I, I get ravens, you know, like Game of Thrones style from over there. i got a buddy who lives, and he just sends me ravens. And Raven so, notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a great way to communicate. But It's, um, it's better than the, what, we're, what, we're yeah. seeing, what we're seeing today, obviously. Well, Let's you know, with the, the drought, I can't do, you know, fires and smoke signals. But, yeah, back to Coachella, and, I mean... It's weird. Again, I, I went last year for the first time in uh, yeah, probably yeah. like f five, six years. And I am a former Coachella lover. Like I went to the very first seven or eight of them. I'll never forget 99. I was living in a little apartment complex in Mission Beach. It was a Sunday morning. My buddies are uh, in the apartment uh, above us. They're coming down. They're packing up. I'm like, hey, where are you guys going? They're like, oh, we're going out the desert. I'm like, oh, what for? They're like, oh, there's a couple bands playing. I was like, who's playing? He goes, uh, this. And then there's this band, Tool. I was like, wait, Tool's playing? How far is it? And he's <laughs> like, it was like two, two and a half hours, I think. And I was like, how much is it? And he was like, it's $69. And I'm like, dude, I'm pretty sure I can scrape that together. Can I ride with you? Right. And I went and I just fell in love with it. And it was such an amazing that was party the second and event. Year, second year. Yeah, I believe so. And so it was um, still in Coachella at that time. It point. was still in Coachella and it was uh, you know, it was we rolled right up. I gave the sixty nine bucks at the gate, walked wow. in, super easy. Um and I just fell in love with the place and the vibe and the heat. The, well, the heat and the sun going down and the polo grounds were so beautiful and also to be surrounded by a bunch of you know, music nerds and I think Paul uh, was it Paul Tolette and Golden Voice did such an outstanding job of curating such an amazing uh, event, probably for the first seven or eight years, because it was a, a combination of bands that I'd been listening to, like on college radio or KCRW out of LA, for example. Mm -hmm. Shout out KCRW, in case you need me, I'm available. Um, 
and you know bands that the college radio played but we'd never seen or hadn't been here yet from europe and uh it, it was great seeing these bands make their debuts then also all the fantastic reunions that you know from iggy pop and the stooges to you know the pixies the cure seeing bjork the sugar cube Susie and the banshees yeah wow. again i'm dating myself and then there was great you know modern bands like the editors and i could go on and on and I just saw some amazing performances. I saw Prodigy when they played. I saw them both times they played there. But their outdoor set at the main stage was something I'll never forget. And, you know, seeing bands like Air, uh, even the Happy Mondays, which is a disaster. I'll never forget getting to see Dav Punk and just uh, sitting there and geez. catching flies. But there's just so many great musical acts. And uh, it really seemed like they were... All the bands were spurred to a greater level of performance just because they're surrounded by their peers. And, you know, who doesn't want... Hold on, you got a spider crawling up right right there. He's a little guy. Oh, he's gone. Good. And who doesn't want to put on a great performance? I mean, even me as a DJ, when my buddies are there, I'm going to Hell yeah. I remember going better. and seeing Scooter and Lavelle, and that was amazing. Yeah, they in played the little in the Heineken Dome. Dome. Yeah, that was yeah. so cool. That was, that was one of the hotter years. That was yeah. the very last year. That was the Kanye Tupac hologram year, 2011. Yeah, um... That might have been the last year for the Heineken Dome. I know you were Dome. there. Yeah, yeah, sure yeah, yeah. Uh, the Heineken I, Dome's still there. I think call it something else. But, but yeah, so there. going last year, it's just weird. And like being there before smartphones, before it right. was a photo op. Right. And um, I, maybe I'm crotchety. Well, I definitely am. But it just seems to me, because I'll ask people, friends, kids, like, who do you want to go see? And they're like, oh, you know. And they'll like name a headliner. I'm like, well, who else? And then even when they get back, well, who did you see? That was great. And they're like, uh, and so I, I think you, you nailed it where it's a place to be seen and to be at. And it's less about the pursuit of music. art and music. And, um, I think that it's filtered down in the bookings too. And, and again, I, I'm probably not as familiar with pop music uh, as most I, I've kind of don't have my well there's no legend on the stage this year and 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 let me put let me say let me qualify legend okay um it doesn't necessarily need to be someone who is old okay so right. even though they put paul mccartney on the stage a few years ago it doesn't have to be someone of that magnitude but beyonce beyonce is a great example of a legend right this is a a person she will go down and she'll get she'll first ballot hot rock and roll hall of fame for sure but why okay well, if you really look at the body of work from Destiny's Child all the way, I mean... I understand know. that, but if you also look at the CDs and for, I don't know, her one song, Oh Baby Baby or something like right, that right. or something, there's four, five, six, seven writers for one I know. song. Well, so I, well, I, I don't maybe as a performer, let's I, say. Her performance, and I heard her performance last year was amazing, and there mm -hmm. was a marching band, and, you know, a lot of people I mean, don't know that. There's, you know big time bands and acts that performed with marching bands again, but it's great. And I think if it adds something, that's fantastic. And um, I was there and, you know, it was just really being there for Beyonce, it, it, you know, as somebody who came out of like a little bit of a punk rock and, you know, goth and, and some eighties music background and indie and indie rock and, and then mm -hmm. morphing into indie dance, like just seeing something that was just that I held dear to all those principles, you know, this was somewhat underground for the first several years. There would be some famous people there, but they just, there was no VIP. They just hung out with Everybody the rest else, of yeah. us, you know, and they were there because they love music too and were knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. 
And um, so to see it just become this pop phenomenon and this, you know, Instagram Insta yep. moment, yep. it's it's a little disheartening for me. But I mean, that's Coachella is just one example. I mean, another thing that I used to hold dear that I haven't been to in a couple of years is uh, on a similar vein as Burning Man. Right, right. And um, that, that's the same thing. You know, smartphones changed the experience and made it so incredibly popular because now everybody wants to, to be there. get those photos. And, and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't fault people for wanting to be there, but you know, what are, what are your reasons for wanting to be there? Cause I also see people treated as a music festival. I'm like, no, it's not a music festival. And, um, that was one of your I, crows. <laughs> it was one of my crows or, or God telling me not to be such a crotchety old did, man. Did and just have fun. <laughs> yeah, the orange okay, falls. I'll go Every back. time you complain about the millennials, oh, yeah. an orange falls out of your right. tree. Are these fresh or can you like make They're fruit? amazing. Yeah. They're delicious. Yeah. Wow. We'll, we'll pack you up a little bag of them. For, <laughs> All right, Cassandra. They're, love they're that. great. Yeah. And you can yeah. juice them or you can just eat them regular or. Awesome. So, so okay. So, how did you get, how did you even get to this point to be a crotchety old DJ? I mean, like, um, you know, let's. It takes a lot of hard work practice and dedication <laughs> turbo I, I don't it's not something everybody can achieve you gotta stay at home a lot and not answer phone calls or texts no it's just an evolution and tell me the hook tell me the hook that got you like what, what was it 1990s or whatever when was it when did you get the hook uh, you know my first really experience uh with house music or techno was i went to a rave in the mid to late 90s in biloxi mississippi of all okay. places you were from that area though yeah uh -huh. I, i'm from uh, i was living in gulf shores uh alabama and grew up in mobile and gulf shores and yeah and that was great and then i was just doing this beach volleyball thing for a while where i, I was trying to be a professional uh, beach volleyball player. What time? You, when did you move to San Diego? I moved to San Diego full-time at the uh, end of 98. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 21 years now. Oh. Yeah, it's crazy. I've been here 17. I can't believe it. Yeah, it, it, time flies. Uh, yeah. Well, especially in San Diego. Because you, um, know you know what's great about San Diego? You know what's great about San Diego? Is the mundane is still amazing. Yeah. Like, like one shitty day of surfing... Or not even going out, not even leaving the house. You just have your coffee and you're looking out of the Mission Valley. And you're yeah, going, well, well, hey, it's sunny and 70. And you said earlier, what a great day for this podcast. It's yeah. like the wind is low and everything is like, yeah, but isn't it always? Well, that's the thing with me in San Diego. You know, people are like, oh, it's slow or whatever. Because a lot of my musician friends and DJ friends have migrated to L.A. And I don't get it. Like, there's a lot more going on in L.A. But San Diego, I mean, for me, it helps keep me sane because... Yeah, I might not serve today or yesterday, but just the fact that I know I can go there and have it available at any time. This morning, I barely beat you here. I was at the, yeah, at yeah, the beach. Yeah, you were Yeah, taking a shower. Uh, yeah, and um, just playing a, a little volleyball, which brings us back to how I got into it. I yeah. still play volleyball, but um, he was. we kind of started out as arch enemies. Who, and then who through a now? series of events, we became friends and roommates, and his name is Lavelle. Oh, okay. And um, <laughs> this is, again, the late 90s, and he was becoming a dj or practicing all the time he wasn't even a dj and we lived together so i heard it non-stop you know records and and stuff and uh then of course when he got his first gigs you know we were all there to you know support and um this was you know geez uh, the late this, 90s but this is before scooter and lavelle yeah this is before scooter and lavelle okay and um so you know there wasn't a lot of places to play house music there was probably under 10 DJs in the city. I can think of maybe five actually off the top of my head. But um, 
Yeah, and that's where you know, like I, 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 I'm, and a lot of my friends, you know, we're we're going out to some of the clubs here, and uh, basically there was only two or three places to go. Uh, sorry if I'm forgetting anything, oh, no, but uh, in the late '90s we had Riches, um, which is a gay club, but on Thursday night it was straight or semi-straight. And John Bishop was the resident. Wow. Uh, John Bishop is one of San Diego's legendary DJs. Played a lot of hard dance, and that's where we went. We went. And then Friday nights was uh, it was called, a club called Montage, which is Spin now. Yeah, yeah. And it was also a gay club, but it was Friday nights. So again, it was straight. And I think there's several people who threw parties there, but one of the main ones was Tim Ortiz and Event Vibe, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, that's some of the early scenes and, and then just, you know, going to some going to some raves and just really falling in love with the music. And it didn't happen, uh, you know, instantly uh, again, because I have a, like a rock and roll background. But, you know, it's something that I, I kind of evolved into. And uh, but I, I, I guess I fell in love with the the early aspects of it was that it was underground. So coming from a punk rock background, I, I identified with it like there wasn't cool people or beautiful people. Like this was, you know, these were usually people that were the rejects, uh, mm-hmm. the, and um, that's where yeah, I. F- so I'm, I'm thinking ninety nine, two thousand. I'm thinking Coldplay is like brand new. Yeah, and yeah. And like you still had res, you still had Smashing Pumpkins had released in ninety eight. Yeah, released there was Melancholy. still the, the, the grunge was, was still a thing. Obviously, heavy. you know, Nirvana died, but the Seattle sound, you know, I mean, yeah, those Sound bands Garden were so had a big great. album. Then. Soundgarden, Munhoney, the Melvins, Daft Screaming Punk Trees, li- Daft Punk, and U two released albums that year. Yeah, so it was. I mean, there was there was that, and again, like house music was way underground. Da- Daft Punk was about as big as you'd get. Yeah. And that's of actual hard prog, prog house, you know. I mean, and and then you had trance. Trance was huge, but yeah, that was trance, perennially huge throughout. Trance the 90s, has right? always been huge. Well, trance is always the biggest, I think, genre of house music and dance music because it's just so popular. You mean but, even today? You think? Oh, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Well, yeah. Usually, all the top. You know, it's might have changed. I haven't looked at the DJ top one hundred in a while, but for for years, it was all trance DJs. You know. And, uh, but even yeah. even like guys, folks like Armin Van Buren and, and Paul Oakenfold, they they're very much not that anymore. I mean, they they don't. Most of those evolved. guys, I don't. I don't. Some of them still play pure trance. Like I saw Armin Van Buren a couple of years ago, um, and it was only about two years ago. I went up there with uh, Troy uh, from Sleeping Giant, a good, really good buddy, and, and my agent, but good person and. Um, he's friends with them and we and Lavelle and we went up there and it was it was very trancy but yeah I remember like one of the first albums that I mean like really we I was like oh my gosh was uh I believe it was called Transport by Paul Oakenfold. Oh my god yeah that yeah. was night that was, was I was definitely in college yeah. <laughs> and and Sandra Collins had had an album Sandra's that came right awesome, right yeah. after that that was really big and George Acosta had a big yeah. hit then yeah. he was in the he was in the stores yeah. Like, I, I just got back and hung out with George in Miami, and I played his parties there before, mm-hmm. getting to play with him, and then getting to DJ with Sandra, being uh, on, on um, like I played Transport. in Denver with her, and then Jesus, we left the party we were playing, and her and I got to go to some after hours and played back to back. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I didn't leave and missed my flight. Stuck <laughs> in Denver. That's another story. But, you know, um, Transport was, that was massive. I think that's really what, what got. 
Because I didn't that release. I think that snared a lot of us because a lot of us were like, "Oh my gosh, like this trance is amazing." Trance could be banging. Trance could be banging. Yeah, it was a lot that. of it was it was melodic, but it, it was going. Wasn't so. Kerncraft four hundred on that, or that was who released that? Mm. Was Pete Tong maybe during that? I remember going to Red Rocks to see Paul Oakenfold in nineteen ninety nine. Oh wow! And and he dropped that track during that. You know, right. he, he like Kerncraft four hundred Zombie Nation or whatever that. You know the track. Everybody knows the yeah. track. So that track was, was, he had dropped that. That's the first time I'd ever heard it. That's the first time any of my eight college kids that we all bust down there with, I mean, nobody had heard that track. So I know that that was the first time I know for a fact. And you can't, like, think about an anthem track like that and... And 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 that that track was one of those tracks that you do know you remember an yeah. Eiffel sixty five blue yeah. and you remember those huge huge late nineties early two thousands tracks that were so big they were that so you remember endemic. that you were, they were inventive and yeah. and you knew immediately it was a hit the second you heard it and you remember where you were when you heard yeah. it and that's like that's unreal I remember Eiffel sixty five was the church in Denver yeah. I was going to college in Boulder and and you know the church have you been to the church I have in Denver not, but oh I know my it's god a legendary, dude. it's legendary so legendary. Yeah. I mean, it's legendary because it's the same owner. It's a gold mine. It's not. It's like what, like Omnia and Stingery. Just no matter what you put on Friday and Saturday nights, you got People the are place is full. Out, yeah. and, you know, a perennial flux is like that now. You know, they. That's a great idea of doing it. What church didn't have to deal with any of that because they had this. It's a literal stone, like the Notre Dame. You know, it looks like looks like it's a, a tiny version of that with stained glass windows everywhere and cool. and gargoyles and you know really gothic and. Yeah, and I've heard it's a really cool. Oh, you have to go next time you're there. It's interesting you you mentioned um, seeing Paul Oakenfold at the Red Rocks because when I was a kid, and again, kids, this was in the early (laughs) 80s, the band U2, uh, check with your grandpa, he probably likes them, Uh, (laughs) the band U2 put out a, a, a live album, but they also made a video cassette that I had gotten my hands on somehow. And it was U2 live under a blood red sky live oh, yes. at the Red Rocks. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being as a kid watching that and watching U2 perform and Bono singing and sweating and the steam coming off of him because yeah. it was cold and it was so iconic and just so beautiful. I told myself at one day and point in time, I'm going to go see a show at the Red Rocks. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a decade or two and a half. And... <laughs> I got to see Daft Punk at Coachella. Well, that had been Daft Punk's first trip to America in 10 years, nine years. Yeah. And then it was so amazing and people were so blown away. They added like five stops and one of them was, was Red, Rock? Red Rock. So I got my little ticket. No way. Flew out there, met my buddy Devin. Um, she flew from Miami and yeah, got to see you two at the Red Rocks and that did not suck. Wow. For my friend. Yeah. Well, Red Rocks, you know, Red Rocks is owned by the city of Denver. So yeah. it's it's a public, anybody can yeah. rent it out. Anybody. Yeah. There's no yeah. restriction. I didn't realize that. And, and it's a it's a bare bones, like, when you see everything, like the all the sound system being lifted, there's a stage there. Yeah. But it, it but you you bring your own sound, you bring your own lights, you bring you bring your own trussing. Like, you know, you there's rig points, but but man, for production, I mean that place is you know, you bring in everything. And there's yeah. no there's no I mean it's you know, it's like it's uh, it's close to downtown, but I mean or it's close to Denver, but it's not No, it's not it's not yeah. nearby anything. Yeah. You ain't pre partying across the street. No. You know what I mean? You're no. you know, you're taking a bus. It was like fifteen or twenty minutes, I And it's think, a lot of walk in to yeah. get from the parking lot to the thing. But it is stunning. It's absolutely stunning. It's definitely one of the best and 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 because it's public i think it'll never get ruined 
You yeah. know what I mean? It'll never yeah. get corporatized. It can't too, get you, too corporate. Yes, yeah. exactly. It can't get too big. They can't expand. You know, yeah. there's no real. It's a natural valley there, and just yeah, it's, it's just, just a, it's breathtaking. No, it's no so bad sight line. Well, and acoustically too. Yeah, the last row is better than the yeah. You know, it's incredible. The, it's like the yeah. last row actually gets you like that really interesting big hall feel. It's you know the last row still has a good sight line. I mean, I could. It's as close as these palm trees in the valley. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane. No, I, I want to go back. Actually, it's. Uh... Yeah, I've seen two shows there. I saw the Vans Warp tour and oh nice in 2000 I think, and then 2001 I graduated December 2001. What a kick in the nuts, huh? Yeah. You know, right after 9/11. So I really, oh. the, you know, so that I stuck around Boulder for a little bit, and you know, I was driving a cab at the time, and that's how I paid for most of my college, and and. Uh, that was a fucking fun time, but you know that I got into music, and you know I don't know you you know Soren right? You remember my buddy Soren? I do. I do. You know, so Soren, I tried to open up a nightclub, you know, in, in downtown Boulder? Denver or yeah, Denver. Yeah, we. Yeah, that was a a, a massive failure, but I you know <laughs> that's a story <laughs> well, for another day. You don't know but, if you don't you don't know if you don't try. So so, so you're back. So Pollock Folds Transport came out, and you're and you're living in San Diego, and you're hanging out with Lavelle, but you're not quite ready to jump behind the decks. Like, what was it that? Oh, so yeah, I was uh, I was waiting tables and really focusing on volleyball, training hard, uh, playing these pro tournaments, um, qualified in on the on the main tour a couple times, and uh, playing a lot of other pro tournaments all over the country, and that was my focus and um, just really soaking up the beach life, surfing a lot, and then in December of '03, I was playing in a, a basketball league. Just kind of to keep in, in shape, and I ended up uh, severely injuring my ankle, and I was misdiagnosed. Um, they just said it was a bad sprain. So this was a whole process. Uh, didn't found out that there was a break in my talus bone uh, until July. The injury happened in May, and so it was a long saga of being in and out of doctors, being in a walking boot. Um, on crutches, off my ankle. Ended up having surgery in September. Yeah. It was a super gnarly recovery um, because of the nature of the injury and how long I'd had it. Um, so long story longer, I was going crazy that year of 2004, not being able to do the things I love to do. Couldn't surf, couldn't play volleyball, couldn't be active. You know, mm -hmm. I was so uh, sedentary. And um, so I bought a guitar. And then I decided to buy some turntables. Lavelle knew somebody who was selling turntables, actually. So then I started buying vinyl records and collecting records and uh, just really playing at my house and having fun and, and, and doing that. Never had any aspiration or inclination to be a DJ because... It just wasn't something I was interested in. And my friends were great DJs. Lavelle, and you mentioned right. Scooter. I mean, those guys were were amazing. And, and join, uh, you maybe got that feeling that joining up is going to take, you know, take, take, yeah, take business I just, away from I, them. Or, well, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't that. I'm not worried about those guys. <laughs> Scooter and Lavelle. And I'm taking no food off of their table. <laughs> um, uh, well, then there is such a, a such another uh, a level. And But, no, it was just something I really didn't even think I... I um, would do and um, it was uh, purely by accident I got my first gig I was playing at a buddy's house like a house party and we'd go out and then we would do after hours there and because I had the equipment and the records like I would play there and um, then I was dating a girl who threw parties 
Carol, uh, the, one of the Brazilian girl parties, and she, of course, let me DJ, and that went okay, even though I'm pretty sure I was a terrible DJ. And, <laughs> um, but it went well, and then again, back to these house parties, I was just doing them, and then one night, this guy came over, and he was like, dude, have you ever thought about playing in a club? I was like, yeah, no, I would, no, I wouldn't. He's like, man, I throw this party at so-and-so. I think I'd love for you to come play, love your music. I was like, yeah, no, I don't, I'm just doing this for fun, bro. It's, you know, not, not a big deal. I just like doing it here. So this guy, his name is Jason Jenkins. Hello, Jay. Um, he, he persisted. He kept coming back to this house party where I'd play all the yeah. time over period of like two months and finally decided to talk to my girlfriend at the time and she's like yeah i don't he's pretty stubborn i don't think you're gonna get anywhere and he's like oh yeah we'll get it and then finally one night he was like look uh, you know if you come play like i can give you 400 bucks and whatever you nice. want to drink and i was like wait what <laughs> i was like okay well where is it and he's like it's a place called red circle and i was like oh red circle i've been there i don't know what red circle is now uh, I think it's just the upper part of, it used to be AD nightclub for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, it changed yeah. to AD. So anyway, yeah, and um, I, I went there and it was just a train wreck on and off the decks, probably. But all my friends came and we had a blast and everybody seemed to have fun. And uh, it just kind of went from there. And looking back, I mean, I'm embarrassed at how bad I was. But, you know, I persevered. I had some good mentors. And um, What year was this? So this was probably 2000, late 2004, early 2005. Oh, all right. Wow, all right. Yeah. And um, it just started going from there. Um, Tim Ortiz booked me for some, like, big parties. So, that, but this is all, this is all before even MySpace. That's yeah, crazy. MySpace hadn't even really started yet. Yeah, right. I remember when I got my MySpace account, like, put my music and, like, had my yeah, top right. eight friends on there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, that was like the beginning of social media. So to get the, yeah. the word out was just flyers, right? It was flyers. Uh, way back in the day, um, some of the older heads will remember this. We had a Where At magazine. It was like this little bitty magazine, uh, almost like a little bitty pamphlet. And it would tell you like the four things that were going on. Mostly it was pictures. But, you know, there, there was a party up in uh, Del Mar called Velvet that was at the racetrack. That was really oh, fun. Neat. Yeah, it was cool. Um, and then like montage, there was a place downtown, something Baja Brewery Club. Wow. Can't believe I remembered that, that people would play at. But yeah, it was word of mouth and flyers, but you have to remember the scene wasn't that big and there was only like five DJs and four DJs in the whole right. city. I so mean, it was, so the, so the competition wasn't even like, the people didn't know that a occupation even existed. Yeah. It wasn't a thing. Like nobody wanted to be a DJ. It wasn't a, a cool thing, you know, yet. I mean, it was starting to be, you know, and like the good ones were getting noticed and getting, you know, getting to travel, but it was just, you know, I don't want to say it was in its infancy, but it was in its early adolescence and downtown wasn't really a thing either. It was just starting to go yeah, through its PD. Gen Vacation mostly... process and yeah, it was Hillcrest or Midtown where Montage oh, right, Spin yeah. is. And Casbah was down there too. So. Casbah was down there, and then Bar Dynamite, which is now oh, right, blonde. Yeah, blonde. They yeah. would do some DJs, and then there was a couple places in PB, but it wasn't even really house. It was just it was probably the origins of open format. Open format. There's Kingsley because we would go to. Uh, Gosh, with thrusters on yeah. Tuesday yeah. night, <laughs> and there was there. Well, thrusters still having DJs. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, like our friends Matt Spencer and Tyler. Let me do my shout out to Matt and. Oh yeah, Devil's Dozen Donut Shop, among among many other things. My my sponsor. 
um, <laughs> caffeine sponsor. Nice. No, Matt just posts videos of donuts, and I'm like, dude, that's like food porn, and I'm trying not to be, you know, so chubby. Um, stop being a sports writer and posting uh, all these pictures of donuts because that's my weakness. But anyway, <laughs> that's how, long story longer, longer. <laughs> Matt and Tyler threw a party at what? Uh, it's called the 710 Beach Club now. I can't remember. What, oh, remember. geez. Yeah, I know. It's right by the um, right by the yeah. pier. Right? Yeah. Like and um, anyway, they threw a party on Monday night called the Candy Bar. And that's a little bit <laughs> cool. like you'll have to get Scooter and Lavelle on. That's where those guys met. And um, oh, they met at 710. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't cool. called. It was called. It, oh, gosh. I can't remember what it was called. But that 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 whatever that bar venue, that was. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So there just wasn't a lot of places. And um there wasn't a lot of competition and, you know, uh, but things changed. Yeah. With w- uh, not so much in my space, but you know, Facebook definitely, you know, what, what do you things. think? Because, because now no one, so if somebody went to school, okay, right. like, like somebody went to Juilliard, right. Or, <clears throat> and there's a business marketing, you know, music business marketing class, right. That in Juilliard, arguably the, you know, the number one, you know, music learning institution, right. And you learned, and you graduated in 2005, let's say. And you just, you know, figuring yourself out. By the time 2007 came around, you literally, all the yeah. stuff you learned, the template you'd, had changed. you'd throw it out the window. Yeah. You had iTunes and the iPod and the yeah. Apple phone and, and all, the, all the everything, like, yeah. monumentally changed between 2007 and 2009 to the point where anything you learned about well, talk to the record labels and mail yourself a copyright and and send out demo tapes and demo CDs and things <laughs> like that. It's like you know and 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 go to these go to Nam and go to here and the Winter Music Conference and and meet these record record agencies and these you know these uh, marketing you know all that fucking forget it. You yeah, know? no, and, it, and it's like all, that's all changed. And, yeah, uh, and and it's it's you see these internet superstars, superstars like right. Justin Bieber and and Taylor yeah. Swift that literally were the groundbreakers for the new like how do you become famous on the internet, you know, and how do you and now we have this absolute saturation of 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 content, and it's like now how do you you know like even this podcast I have no idea I you know I'm I, I, I I'm setting forward going. You know, I don't care if 10 people listen or 10,000 people listen. Right. You know what I mean? I, I, I want to kind of keep it. So because the one thing that I did lear- love about Facebook and social media is because it's been around Facebook. I've been on Facebook for over 10 years because I, I can look up and I can know. I know the exact day that I met you. No, it's great as an archive. You know, that's what I mean as an archive. Yeah, and that's as what a, maybe as if a I, record keeper. And I think when I do check Facebook, that's one of my only favorite things on there. Uh, is those memories that pop up because you know usually it's a good memory because you're not posting oh i had a crappy bad day and this is me in bed with you know a head cold or the flu you post the things that were fun and cool and And so those memories yeah so those memories are are one of the good one of the the great things about it but yeah social media changed it um instagram and just people wanting to be a part of it but you know it's it's interesting it's just like the rest of life it it grows it evolves mm-hmm. you know um it's been in different stages uh you know i i think it's cool what some of the local kids have done um you know and re- they kind of rebelled against how big and saturated edm got and edm kind of was in a place and it really i shouldn't say it was but still is in a place like we look back or i look back because i'm old enough to look at like 
the hair metal of the the, the, the mid to late eighties. It was just so over ridiculous, top. over the top. It's a caricature, you know. Of EDM, really. and so EDM for me is a, is a similar like that. It's just so predictable and boring. But it's cool. The kids, you know, they kind of rejected that and rebelled in their own way. You have, uh, you know, the love life parties. They don't really do a lot of them in clubs. They do them on boats and different in different areas, locations, interesting yeah. locations. The Desert Heart guys doing their party, you know. But then again, that also can easily, and I've seen it involved into something that, you know, can be... Super corporate. It, it can be somewhat corporatized, but it can also be kind of... Um, it, it can get on the edge of boring and dull, mm. you know, and I'm probably going to get myself in trouble right here, but here goes. It's just, you know... When something is taken out of the underground and rich white kids or rich kids of money get into it, right, and they start loving it and making it popular, well, then for me, it loses its edge, its authenticity, mm -hmm. and that spark that made it, oh, my gosh, I want to be a, a, a part of this. It's something weird and different, and it's anti. And um, I don't begrudge anybody for getting into it or falling into it, but... I would just ask that, you know, what are your reasons? Do you really love the music? Are you knowledgeable? Have you done any research about the history of it, where it comes from? Um, and are you willing and able to break outside of your little genre that you're introduced to mm -hmm. and like explore and try and do different things? And, and a, lot of, a lot of the kids, a lot of people do do that. But I also see some really boring parties happening and like, you know, again, I feel like when a certain uh, level of income or, 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 or percentage of people that are well off get into it, somehow it goes from under being underground and joyful and they squeeze the joy out of it and just all them and their friends do it because it's what's popular and what my friends it's are doing. It's cool, right? It's cool. It's not. And, and, and so. Do you think that's kind of what happened with like Voyeur progressing to CrossFest? That I just think was, uh, you know, really good marketing, savvy business. Yeah. And well, um, no, I, there's no doubt it was savvy for sure. You but know, um, I, and, and just taking advantage of the opportunities that they had, and you know, good for them. Yeah, that's a whole scene. I mean, I used to play at Voyeur, and I loved playing there. I love that place. And um, it was great. Great I mean, DJ it's an ice booth, cream shop great now. sound. Yeah, but again, yeah, how did you know we lose that? And like, well, you know, there was some politics involved, obviously. Absolutely, and 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 same thing, same reason that like Wave House and and Intervention are no longer around. It's just San Diego has a tendency to take something cool and ruin it. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. Like, let me let me list. Street, street scene, scene gone yeah, well they so tried fun. they tried some weird the first well, they, they moved to, to the parking Qualcomm lot well they first they moved to the parking lot outside of petco okay yeah, that, that might have okay. survived yeah that might have survived and then they decided to move it not even on a street in a parking lot you know and well, that didn't work san diego's very provincial very uh um, same thing with marty conservative and they just people like move downtown and like complain about the noise it's like hey you moved to downtown an urban environment zero. literally ground zero stingery or whatever it's called now yeah. omnia can't omnia. even do music rooftop, on the yeah. rooftop and there's so many every intervention yeah. uh what's the other hotel over there say or the, the palomar, say palomar. the palomar they don't do any parties they even. can't do parties um and, and most of the complaints the big were one from on their six. own guests what's the big one on six it was from their own guests. Well, no, but there's also the people around there, like the yeah, condos around there. The condos, the people will they move down do, there and they say, hey, why do I live underneath I saw the Radiohead play 
uh, behind the convention center because one summer they were doing outdoor concerts there. Radiohead played there. It was great. Yeah. And then the residents of Coronado complained. And like, across oh, the bay. Across yeah. the bay. Yeah. Well, so. and, but, 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 and I think that, I think actually it'd be a bet, it'd be a good thing for everybody is that when we get the, um, the day parties, the resurrection of the day party, because if it's noise complaints then say, fuck you, we're going to go to, you know, three to six. Right. You know what I mean? And right. you can't complain about noise at that point. You I know mean, what I mean? You, when you were my manager, oh, in full disclosure, he used to manage my <laughs> yeah, for fledgling, like flailing DJ career. <laughs> but you used to book me at Intervention all the time, and yeah. that was ridiculous amounts of fun. I yeah. Mean, those and guys threw a great party. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's that's why I was... That, that's kind of the part. There was nothing wrong with the financial viability of it. There was nothing wrong with the party atmosphere part of it, other than, you know, obviously it's a heavy drinking bro type crowd. But I mean, at the right. same time, you know, does it really matter if you're a DJ and they like the music? You know what I mean? And, and you know, whether it's a bro or a nerd, you know, watching your watching your set and, you know, the bros pay the money. And that's that's the that's the big difference. It's like the music business is a business, right? No, absolutely. I, I understand that business. It's business, but and it's just a shame line. that it's a shame that like politics and neighborhood associations have. Yeah. And, and and I and I really feel like that's that might just be the silver tsunami, right? And and the boomers retiring. Okay. There's there's very few boomers still in the workforce, but now they're in the. Now they're in the, the, the neighborhood associations and they're, they've finally culminated all their money and they've said, I want to move into the city one day. And now they have the money and the wherewithal to do it. And now they're living in the city and they expect it to be the suburbs, this, this massive right. influx from like, well, just controlled any. environment, no noise. It's, right. And I think it's also partial, partially San Diego. It's like I said, it's a very provincial, um, not progressive, conservative town. And I think that's not just in our politics, but it's reflected in our atmosphere. And for a while, we had it on Kraken, y'all. We had the epicenter of great day parties. Oh. I know there's friends and people that were Still well off that stuff. had, uh, you know, the means to travel. And I would see them at cool parties where I was DJing, whether it was, you know, Coachella after parties when I played there, you know, Burning Man and, and just Sundance and I'd see them on Sundays. I'd be like, what are you guys doing here? And they'd be like, well, we have the, the, we can go to intervention. <laughs> we can go to a love life party. We can go to a love life party, but we had, um, what wave house, wave house, but it, yeah. and like we had great Sunday day parties. And I felt yeah. like back then people, but that was my, only five years ago. That's what I'm saying. Really? Like, I thought it was like 15 years ago. Yeah, it does feel like, well, I mean, they started then real years you know. or Myron years. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, I, you know, so that's I mean, why I got out of DJing and became a professional dancer and dance. Yeah, instructor. what's up with your dance moves now, man? Oh, well, there. You know, I mean, I've slowed down a little bit now that I'm almost fifty, but you know, I still do I'm turning, dancing. I'm turning forty next month. Dancing, uh, what you call them exhibitions. Yeah. Um, but I've combined my karate and dancing. So now, if you you know you want to come to one of my classes. You know, you can see a cool you combination said you were a of quadruple, dance. Quadruple back. Quadruple belt. black belt. Yeah. Right. Um, and only and seven people in the world have them, and it's a very secret society. So I, I shouldn't can't, be talking oh, yeah, about it. You can't talk too much. But about I'll it. just say that uh, I'm humbled and honored um, to receive my quadruple black belt. But yeah, you know. And then also karate's great. The dance, dance moves. moves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I try to add one new one um, a year. Um, yeah. I just displayed one um, this past Sunday. 
at uh, Scotty Boy's DTLA Sunday party, mm-hmm. yeah. which, speaking of, was super loud and super fun, and <laughs> nobody cared. Right, right. Granted, I the, think it's on the twenty-fifth floor. Standard. No, it's uh, um, it's a giant tall building in downtown LA. Yeah, it's called another. Elevate. Super Elevate, cool venue. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just played in Miami for the Winter Music uh, Conference. How was that this year? Is that it was great? Luke, lukewarm down. No, it's great. It was it was better because they did it later in the year, and so spring break was kind of over, so you didn't have to deal uh, with that madness yes. as much. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it this year. But my whole purpose for saying is that is that I played. Um, uh, Freddie and Lavelle asked me to come play with them, Fresh Cobar and Lavelle Dupree. Oh yeah. Um, on like the last night. At Sunday night, so we played at Ocean 10, Chris Garcia and the Frenchies, oh, you I love crazy Chris Frenchies. Um, and I think we played from like 2.30 to 4 a.m. And it's right, this club is, restaurant, whatever's right on the beach and it's outdoors on Ocean Drive. And the music is bumping at 4 a.m. And nobody even, Sunday, Monday wow. morning, nobody even, you know, yeah. turns turns their head or has an issue. And that's that's South Beach? South Beach, yeah. yeah. Well, well I think they have, a, they have a little different. I know they have a special license, don't they, down there? I, mean, I they, think they, they have a special, special license to do whatever. Do whatever, they they, especially during Miami yeah. Music Week. I heard Miami Music Week was on an island or something this year, or Ultra was on an island, and it was a, uh, it was like a fiasco getting out of the yeah, island. Yeah, something like they locked down the island for something. Well, what happened? And I was there, so I watched the local news because I'm yeah. a, um, I'm a nerd. Enlighten us. So they closed it to all traffic. Not even Ubers and what is the other one? Shuttles and stuff. Lifts could get there, and it's on this key called Virginia Key. Uh And they were only allowing buses to go in there. So you had to go like Uber or drive to a place where a bus would pick you up and take you there. Well, the buses were late picking people up when they were ready to leave. Uh And there was only a few buses. People couldn't get on them. People were waiting for an hour. So what they never anticipated is that people would do that like mile and three quarters walk on the Bayway, like a causeway, right. a Bayway back over to Miami. Sure they would. The I and mean, eventually if I was waiting, right. we did that with you too. With you too, we were trying to get a, ca- and, and instead we would just walk to your place. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, right. You know what I mean? And so, um, what happened was they had to shut down the traffic leaving because people were leaving on that side of the causeway so people the buses couldn't get that way it was a so the giant pedestrian traffic cl- was basically so bad that they had to close the pedestrian it. traffic took over the bridge which was supposed to be for yeah. buses and it was just so poorly planned they just moved it for uh, the first year um and yeah it was a disaster and it was a little better saturday night um yeah because because coachella was kind of a cluster on friday yeah when but i went last yeah, year for the first time it's i was just like dude i don't i mean yeah, I was just like, I got spoiled. I didn't even, uh, Golden Voice, I think you're doing okay. Um, but like for four years, I didn't even pay. I just, we had a golf cart and somebody would just roll me in. Yeah. And, and we, of course, we pushed it too far. We like strapped on a cooler on the back of the golf cart <laughs> and just had free access. And then our buddy, uh, Dave Kamina at Plastic Clothing, they actually used to let the, the clothing vendors inside of Coachella and they had like this area so he could have his own store and like a pop-up yeah, tent. Yeah, very cool. And yeah, it was great because he would, half of it would be a store, the other half would be a lounge where we could hang out, had our own bathroom and yeah, it was good old days. It, it was super fun. Loungy. Loungy version. Loungy, yeah. But um, I can't even, yeah, the traffic there was crazy. Yeah, so. you know, and, and just, just do we, have we irreparably harmed 
the uh, you know the festival business by allowing it to get so big i don't know like they seem to be doing it um because it seems like the only time to see any big you know other than a legacy artist like elton john or the who or whoever they'll play arena shows or u2 play the qualcomm or whatever i'm saying like what happened to the diplo coming to heart uh, the house of blues for example yeah i I, I don't know like some of these djs they they can just do the festival circuit right they don't have to even do a thousand person venue anymore or avalon like where's yeah you know the avalon show you know yeah I mean? no I, they're I, playing I, omnia there's there's the festival circuit of guys who just do that or they'll do like a, a super club in, in, in super vegas club. yeah where they can pay them ridiculous amounts but of the money. super club is essentially a, you know there's ten thousand people in there twenty thousand people in those clubs i mean they're massive yeah i mean hakkasan is just fucking massive i've never been it's massive I mean, it, there's just no other word. I mean, it's probably not as big as I feel like it is. Right. But like Hayes is. Yeah. So take Hayes, right? And huge sight lines everywhere. You you know, big, massive room, you know, moving up and down, you know, thing. And that club is outdated, but it was, that's like a, that's like a small club in Vegas. Yeah. No, it, it's crazy. And I'm, I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's, we have to find a happy medium where, you know, we don't have to be in the desert or on an Indian reservation, although that's great and super fun and probably what we should do. <laughs> and we don't have to be at a giant festival, but can we have like a, a really good house music club where it's fun and you can dance and have a great time and it can be three or four or 500 person club or maybe max a 2000 person club. But yeah, it seems to have gotten away from that. Right, um, it's easy there's, to- There's it's good clubs in, in San Francisco and Chicago and, and LA that are, are really good clubs, but they're not massive like Hayes yeah. or Hakkasan and, and, and st- you know, uh, of those monstrous n- nature. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. Is there going to be the, the rebellion against this giant EDM even more so? I mean, are, at some point people are going to be like, I'm paying how much to go watch a dude push buttons. And as a button pusher, mm-hmm. I mean, I can honestly say like, yeah, I mean, like, you can, there's some super talented, amazing DJs who do some cool stuff. But at the end of the day, like, uh, are kids completely giving up on rock and roll and live instruments? It feels like it. Feels like it. Feels like it. Like, I love playing guitars, and I know that, you know, uh, I think it's Gibson had to close down a factory, and Fender had yeah, to close down. Like, something like that. P- kids aren't picking up musical instruments like they once were. Well, and some people, some people, they don't have to even have rhythm anymore. Well, yeah. No, that's and, for sure. And, I mean, and, 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 you know, you... You can look up tables I like mean, I was born with rhythm, but <laughs> that's, a, that's a different yeah, story. But, you know, I remember we. I was. I. You know, we were. I think we were drinking pretty heavily. But I mean, like you were. We were over here one Christmas day or Christmas Eve or something. Yeah, we did. We were Christmas just jamming on the guitar and like. Yeah. You know, I was like playing on my knees or whatever. But it's. <laughs> but it's still. It's like you know, you and I were. Whether it was good or bad, who cares? You know. But it's like we're making we're, a joyful noise. Yeah, Jake, making joyful noises just naturally, and it's like. Some of these guys, they can look up tables and go, all right, don't ever do a E flat after an A or a, you know what I mean? They can look right. up these terminals. It's like, oh, just do CBD, BDA, CB. Like CBD and, oil? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm just. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, no. And, and right. And there, everything on there is, you know, you can quantize, you can. Master yeah. Temple, you can have everything keyed and keyed. And there's a YouTube video to find the missing How piece. How to do everything, yeah. yeah right? And so, uh, you know, you find these you, these guys, these, you know, I mean, they're, they, 
they get a little creative with Fruity Loops or Ableton or something like that. And then all of a sudden they got a hit track. They don't even know how to use a CDJ. Right. You know what I mean? And then they, they all of a sudden they're getting calls for agencies to book them. And, they, and it's just like because they're the number one on Hype Machine or Beatport or, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, there's, there's then, definitely that. I mean, the, the problem with DJing is too easy to, to fake the funk. And, you know, too many people can do it just, you know, by getting up there and, and faking it. And, you know, I, I don't know. like Pre-mixing and well, stuff like that. Well, there's a number of ways. We don't have to get into that. Sure, um, sure. But, you know, I just, there are people that are doing some interesting cool things uh for example i just went and saw fkj uh monday night um he's at coachella but he played at humphreys by the bay which is oh, very a cool. great spot and it, i mean he just did such he's an amazing amazing multi-instrumentalist so he plays he plays piano he's amazing at piano he plays guitar he's a great guitar player he plays the bass really good at bass and he plays uh saxophone too and so he's doing live dance music um and looping in he's uh not to bog this down with stuff but i think he's using ableton loops but he's playing instruments live and he's making live dance music and it's funky and soulful and it's a lot of jazz elements to it but i was sitting there watching it and i was enthralled and enjoying myself but it would be so interesting that when he went to pick up one of his instruments people would start cheering, you know. And in, in anticipation. In anticipation, I'm struck by it. And I was like, is it, are they cheering because they're just so happy to see somebody playing an instrument and they haven't seen anybody play an instrument? Or are they just, you know, excited because they know he's good and it's going to add something, a whole new, you know, uh, aspect to this song. But, uh, yeah, I, I think everything is, you know, it'll sort itself out. It'll evolve and you know, I hope it becomes really under uh, unpopular again. I don't want anybody to not make money, but I just would like to see it go a little more underground. But who knows? Sometimes things, when they're above ground, it's not easy to get them back down the rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, and that's and that's the real like. Is this is EDM going to be twenty years from now? After we've had a decade already, right? And you look at the seventies, and you look at disco and seventies and eighties, and you look at disco was a decade long, and you go. There was a huge like, okay, we're fucking done with disco. You know yeah, what I mean? the backlash and, against. Yeah, disco. there's a huge backlash in like '82 or '83 or something, and it's like that's yeah, it. I was there. That's it. We're done. Disco is done. And, you know, and and yeah, it comes back in new disco and people playing the old tracks now as right. part of their ha- house music tracks and redrumming and all kinds of stuff. And I've I've hit you up about redrumming stuff all the time. Yeah. So the but the 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 thing is that disco is still okay, and that was a phase. You know, EDM. Right. Not house and not deep house, not techno, not deep tech, not trance, not whatever, side trance. However, different multi-genres, you have dubstep, all that stuff. I'm talking about the banging Martin Garrix type, mm-hmm. you know. Martin Garrix has no nuance. It's banger after banger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, it, you know, is that going, is that the new disco where it's like, we're done, we're think, done. Yeah, we're, there's going to be a or backlash tra- like trap that. and dubstep, I can feel like there's a huge, like, you know, how much more viability is Dylan Francis well, and all Diplo the dubstep kids, when dubstep first came out and popular, they all like Deep House. They, yeah, now. they liked I'm both. I'm going to get a lot of backlash for that statement. But they, but they liked both. They, they, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, but now you I have... I don't think I said it right. I think you're supposed to say Deep House. Deep House. Deep House. Makes my one shoulder do this <laughs> and my other shoulder do Deera. this. Get your Sam Elliott yeah, on it. I kind of stare at my. I don't know what you. I don't know what you. Stare at my feet, and I'm in a K hole, and I just I dance like this. You, I don't understand how you young killers 
young guys. What we need for your podcast is a Sam Elliott style mustache. Right. Well, uh, you know, I this is the this is the Magnum PI. Yeah, I was about to say you, you got know? the Magnum. So you, you know, remember that? that? Remember I did that, right? I grew oh, out my mustache right. yeah. and I got this shirt and I did. The, I replicated the photo. I know you're a Pittsburgh fan, but you got to rock the Detroit hat. For yeah, the, the, the Detroit. Yeah, I had one of the. I borrowed a, 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 the D one. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, I'm not trying to imitate um, the the Almighty. There's Magnum, a uh, Magnum PI team every year. I still, I think they still have it. There's a big party which is also a volleyball tournament in Manhattan Beach called the Manhattan Six Man, and everybody yeah. dresses up in different costumes. Those planes are really close together. There's an airport right there. I know, but they're, like, really close together, dude. I mean, like, they look like they're flying on top of each other. Look, look, right there on the other That's side of the street. That's how right baby there. airplanes are that. made, Turbo. I know. It's, like, crazy. Look at how tiny they were. They must be on two separate. They're, they're, it's a optical illusion. Runways. Two runways, and they're going like this. They're landing. But anyway, there's hey, a, a Magnum PI team, and they all dress with the short oh, shorts and the oh, Hawaiian cool. shirt, the mustache for volleyball. For volleyball. Yeah. And it's a big party. But then they also have a big wagon that they pull out in the sand because the beach volleyball tournament yeah. is obviously on the sand. And uh, they just bump the Magnum PI theme on loop over oh, and over for wow. like two days straight and by the end of it you're like, oh my God, I can't hear that. While they're playing, they're playing. While they're playing. The wah-wah pedal? Is oh, that what yeah, that is? Yeah, they just yeah. got it. They just got it <laughs> yeah. bumping nonstop. They usually yeah. have a good team, although I think the, um, pretty sure our six-man uh, water polo, I think we took him down in one of the last years I played. Oh, very cool. But uh, I was well, head cheer squad on that team. You know, is is being is is being there, in the the whole be, the FOMO the be, the wanting to be there for the photo ops or Instagram ops or whatever, <clears throat> to these parties now, and you know even Love Life as as good as their parties are, they have a theme, and so people want to dress that theme, yeah. and so that you know so it 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 makes their their party even more of an experience. Yeah, they but, do. But Jimbo does, does a great job yeah, with curating the theme and the vibe. And I mean, I, I love that aspect because people want to dress up and that's a form of expressing themselves. Yeah, we do a photo booth. Yeah, that you can you, your photo booth is great. And, yeah. and, and also it just makes people more festive and willing to let their hair down and, and have fun and everybody. I think those guys have a star force. Awaken? Yeah, force. Yeah, the the uh, fourth Star Trek, awakens. Yeah, the fourth awakens. On oh May 4th. yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, this will be out before then, so that's a little token. Yeah, but uh, well, Jimbo yeah, throws, more than, more Jimbo than, throws good parties. That and, one's on uh, the inspiration hornblower, the big daddy. It's on the big one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So and play that for Hall. Yeah. Well, you know, they always make the, the stage right. They've had like the Tie Fighter. They had a couple years ago. And I think it's still a type or at the Millennium Falcon was a couple oh, years cool. ago where they had like the, the whole stage is shaped like it. And yeah. then they did the one at spin where the whole thing was the cockpit. Oh, fun. The uh, maybe I'll have to put, I'll pull up some pictures for this podcast for the people who yeah, watch it. Yeah. Um, and you can Are see. Are you doing the photos again? Yeah, I'll, I'll be doing photos nice. and video and the photo booth. Yeah. And then nice. I'm also doing the West Coast Weekender and Viejas at oh, the same wow. time. So I got a crew of like four or five guys. It's going to be good nuts. for you. That's a big you weekend. Gonna, yeah, it is a big weekend. Plus, Cinco de Mayo. I don't know where I am that weekend. Um, well, you'll have to come up, man. So I, that's the same weekend as Oscar's party, the West Coast Weekender? West Coast Weekender is the second, that's third, That's a and really four, great four, lineup. Third, fourth, they, fifth. they put yeah, together. Tone and Clap DJ tone. Craig got Carl uh, Craig. They got Miles. Uh, I mean, not Miles. Um, Marquez Wyatt's there. Marquez Wyatt, but uh, Doc Martin. Doc Martin. Again, I'm drawing a blank. 
Um, Far side? No, the super handsome DJ. You're not allowed to look deeply into his eyes. Oh, Claptone. No, well, Claptone, he can't look into his eyes because he's wearing he's a, a mask. mask. Yeah. Um, he's uh, super tall. Gosh, I played with him before. Mm. This is my brain not working. Is he one of the headliner headliners? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have the lineup in front of me. Um, but Carl, uh, I should know that anyway. Um, yeah, he's, uh, oh my gosh. Um, we don't know? That's okay. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 Miguel Miggs. Miguel Miggs, yes, yes. Okay. Dude, ladies, yeah. gentlemen, don't look into Miguel Miggs' eyes because <laughs> you will get lost in there. He's got the, the tiny you blue, might blue not eyes, ever, right? It's like bright blue. ever find your way out. Dude, his music's so good. That's yeah. a that's somebody that I will always go see play anytime there. Yeah, cool. Um, anywhere close because his music's so good. He's such well, a good then DJ. Then we'll see you at Viejas. I'm not yeah. sure what day he plays, but I'm not either. Three days. But so that's good. West Coast Weekenders. A, a great. night party, a night party, a day party, night party, and then a day party. I believe is the way it goes. I'm not exactly sure. Don't quote me on any of that. Um, but westcoastweekender.com, I believe, or .net, I believe it is, actually, which is odd. But, um, uh, yeah, I'll be up there, and I'll also be at the Love Life Party. So you ought to come down. Yeah. I, um, I'm just looking at my schedule. Uh, I'm going to try to make the Love Life Party for sure, because that's always a, a lot and of fun. I, I can't remember who Super the festive. is on that. I have no idea um, either. But, that, but that's a Star Wars party. you got to be there anyway. Yeah, and Jimbo does such a – yeah, and Jimbo curates – and but that's the thing. Okay, so let's look party. at let's look at let's look at Jimbo's love life party. Jimbo and John's love life party. Love life is like, or even the music is for lovers parties that are that are themed, right? And they're themed parties, right? So there's the gold parties, and then there's the jungle party. There's you know all of them. You know the Star Wars party, whatever it is. You know they they'll do a cool theme or a masquerade party or something yeah. like that. And the, <clears throat> so what's really cool about that is yeah, that's the experience, but it's only gonna be shared with like 800 people. Yeah. And I think that maybe we're in well, that. Well, it's familial in that yeah. people trust Jimbo and John to book DJs that, that are, you know, pretty consistent within this genre, you know. Yeah, something uh, for everybody. There's a second stage there, too. And, and, and it's it's not just familial as in, hey, we all know each other, but it's familial as in it's, they have done a great job of fostering pretty much a family atmosphere. And I think that's, you know, one of their main reasons for success is because, you know, a lot of people just felt like, hey, there's this love life family type thing. And uh, um, it was very inclusive yeah. instead of being exclusive, which mm -hmm. I think is uh, really important to having a good party, you know. And yeah, everybody's uh, welcome. There's always something for somebody. Yeah. You know, even if you're just enjoying a cruise. My mom and stepdad went to the pirate party oh, that's with so Lee awesome. Foss. And nice. she was like, holy moly, how cool is this? And I yeah. said, yeah, everybody really gets into it. And but. You know, can you expect that kind of, you know, like that is about maybe like I feel like Love Life is using your eye, people are using their eyes as cameras at Love Life. Right. And and I feel like it's the exact at, at Coachella and some of those parties, you know, I feel like they're using the the camera as their right. eyes like they're looking through their media posts they're looking through their content that they're creating by posing in front of the ferris wheel or yeah you know and 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 you know and just the the you know it's hard for even to have a conversation with them sometimes they're picking up their phones well, yeah. all the time and look having a conversation with somebody who's just just i mean it just but it's just phone. it's not even you know um you know cassandra is in her 30s and um 
you know, our some a lot of our mutual friends and a lot of our previous girls. But you in no way, shape, or form would ever try to date a twenty-three-year-old right now. I wouldn't. You, well, you'd try, but you would ha- you would hate it. You would hate life with a twenty-three-year-old. I like girls. I just put it out there. Hey, man, I understand that. I'm talking about though. I'm talking about just no. I understand what you're saying. It's not just trying to get with them. I'm trying to say you wouldn't, you wouldn't try to have a relationship with that person. Yeah, no. It's it's it's. I mean, people communicate differently. I mean, regardless of age, I myself have had to put myself in check and be like, you know what, I'm going here and I'm leaving my phone at home because I did it for most of my life. I was able to survive and navigate yeah. and get places without this smartphone. And my phone is smart, but I feel like it might have dumbed me down a little bit. So I've been more cognizant of, hey, I'm going to put my phone down and make a a, a choice to navigate, to engage, and to do anything but stare at my phone. Because I will admit, it's really easy when that device is in my hand to have that inclination to, oh, I need to check, I need to do this. And and I I do, you know, a a lot of my work on on Mm -hmm. my phone. But still, now, and it's liberating. It really is. And, you know, like. Well, when I go hiking, it's the same way. I'm I'm like, holy crap, you know. And then. PCT life. Right. And then the other stuff that really irritates me, and I'll show you. Okay. So this, when when somebody's browsing, they'll do this. Oh. Yeah, when everybody has to hear what you're looking at. Right. Yeah, no, that's obnoxious. And you're scrolling, and and yeah, you you keep the speaker on. Like when you're in it, I was sharing an Uber and the Uber shared or whatever, Uh right? Sharing an Uber. The other people in there, I fucking had to turn around and say, could you turn that shit off, man? Or put headphones in? Because it's like, who does that? And I'll, I'll call my friends out on that shit. It's like, dude, you're in the middle of a restaurant. I mean, it's quiet yeah ish you know it's not and it's the t- it's the it always is some blown out you know yeah, what i mean club terrible. and that's what you can hear me in this video i'm like going <laughs> okay to make it sound like that right yeah because it's always that well heaven forbid you know? like we engage in a meaningful conversation okay i got it yeah <laughs> you see how i mean it's so annoying that's pretty funny yeah but do you get what i mean though absolutely it's like, yeah. dude like it's almost like etiquette has just gone out the window in your little fucking zone in the phone yeah no it has and in um, this and stay like uh, at concerts yeah i went to a jack white concert i mean take a few pictures and to, uh, take a few pictures jack white yeah told everybody to turn, put the phone he out. didn't tell you you weren't allowed in the venue you Did had you to have it put it in a bag? The little you had to put it in a bags? bag. Yeah. <laughs> and then they gave you the thing, and then when you let when you left, you got a magnet to open the bag. And it was such a refreshing experience. People didn't have their phones up. People weren't recording me all, which I do it. I'm guilty of it. I yeah. did it at FKJ. I put it on my story. Hey y'all, check me yeah, out. Right, at FKJ, right, right, Humphreys right, right. by the Bay. Hey. Sorry about all the rhymes. But anyway, <laughs> um, it was just really refreshing to just enjoy Jack White and some rock and roll without doing that. And I just read on my nerd news uh, feed yesterday that Bob Dylan doesn't oh, talk yeah. in Jade, concerts. Jade, you know Jade, right? Yeah, Jade, I and Jade. I, Jade and I went hey, to Jade. Jade and I went to Bob Dylan at the Dolby Theater where they do the uh, Oscars. And so Bob Dylan and they were this, they 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 were really aggressive. Like they had guys that they were have literally guys that well, flashlights and shining right at you into the camera. So pretty much at two things, it tells you you can't have your phone, and the second it ruins the image, right? Which well, is really smart. Yeah. So so smart. he doesn't talk at his shows. He'll introduce his band, and that's it. But he actually stopped and talked, and he's like, "We can either 
you know, do our concert and do this show for you or you, uh, and you put your phone away or we don't have to do it if you want to be on your phone. Right, right. And then he did one more song and walked off. Wow. So I think the moral of this story is I don't. may be crotchety, but I'm not as crotchety as Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah. No, I think... Oh man, it's just been uh, as we've gone over an hour here, bud. Which, it's just been a pleasure. Um, yeah, thanks so much for letting me be a part of it. And yeah, the inaugural complain cast. And, you, when, and, it, when and, it's when it's not so not famous anymore. Yeah, you know, I'll it's be the first. Not I'll not so famous. Always be your first. They'll always be the first. And um, and ho- when this is all done and 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 stuff, uh, you can find um, all the information you need about Myron and Jean. Where would I find that? Um, you can go to sleepinggiantmusic.com for all the links to my stuff, but you can also see my fan page on Facebook, Myron Eugene, Instagram, Myron Eugene, Twitter, Myron Eugene, although I tweet like once every five or six months. You're not on Twitter. What, what, what's the, what's like the one that you like use the most? Instagram. I, Instagram. I don't really do yeah, Facebook too. anymore because I'm a super political person. And it's just toxic for it me is. on there. And I also realize I'm not going to change anybody's minds. No. As much as I tried. I mean, I've had a little bias bit of, runs real hard. Yeah. On and especially as polarized as we are now. And so I just have kind of given up, you know, and um, f- Facebook is just it's just not that cool. It's jump the shark. I'm sorry. I like Instagram because mm-hmm. it's a photo or it's a quick story yeah. for 30 seconds. You can either like it or not like it, but I don't have to hear people's dramas. I really don't have to hear how they've had this amazing transformation or metamorphosis or what they're going through or their relationships because, you know, I, I, just, I don't, don't care. care. Yeah. You know, I love everybody. Well, and you um, would you would care if, if they were a friend of yours, you'd see in real life. Like, I'm sure you care about what's going on in my life. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to tell me. And if you needed something, you would call me. Yeah. And... Uh, that way I could screen your call. Ha, huh, just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, yeah, I just, I don't do Facebook that much, um, a little I, I, bit, I, but well, Instagram I, for me I is pretty cool. The, I deleted the app. I deleted and, the app. And the Messenger app, and then I deleted the bookmark on my computer. You know what's really interesting is how much of a different experience Facebook is when you delete the app and you just yeah. go in through your browser, the algorithm is so much different. Yep. You're going to see different Way feeds, different stories. Yeah. And you can get you this thing I use is called Facebook Purity. It's a Chrome extension. Oh, wow. And it turns it back into like 2011 Facebook. Sounds like one of my church youth group. But it's really like cool. Endeavors. You can say if you never want to see. Purity. If you never, first, it's an ad blocker. Shout out the Gulf Coast Covenant Church <laughs> of Mobile. Appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, so it, it just, you check it out. It's Facebook Purity and, and go to the Google extensions. But it's basically, it, it, it just gets rid of the fluff, you know, and, and defluffifies it. It's pretty cool. You know, it's really, it's really neat. But, uh, but anyway, thank you all for listening to yes. the inaugural podcast for Turbo's Not So Famous Podcast. Yes, thank, for, you, thank can, you for letting me vent and be a crotchety old man. I love all you guys. Uh, my favorite thing is when I get to see people having a good time and dancing and smiling and just remember kids dance music's fun smile hug each other and don't take it too seriously shake your butt it's okay to have all different parts of your body moving maybe even simultaneously (laughs) like just let it go you know like um it feels good um so yeah much love. Thanks, Jeff. I really appreciate it. No sweat. You can find us at uh, Turbo.fm, and uh, on, you can find me at Instagram at, at TurboPhoto, 
Twitter, all that is at TurboPhoto. So check it out, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. All right. Appreciate it. Peace, guys. Ferda.